0: WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Mays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know. With Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC.
1: Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning, it is Monday, October 2nd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Just a beauty on the way. Sunshine today, high 77. Tonight, overnight, clear, low 61 and then Tuesday, sunny and warmer than it should be, high 81. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 59 and clear in South Hold out on Long Island, 60 and clear in Maywood down in New Jersey. And it is 64 and partly cloudy here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning over the weekend. Me and my youngest one went to see an MMA um UFC boxing match, uh, amateur match out in uh, Astoria, Queens. So I had never seen this fighting up close. And I got to be honest, I'm not really that into it. But my son is super into it and is training. I would never thought I'd say this out loud. He's training to be a fighter and he's super into it. And he's about a year away, I would say, from his first match. So I said, we got to go start seeing what these matches are all about. It was good I left the wife at home because it is just brutal. I mean, it looks brutal on TV. But when you're up close watching these matches where you can use basically every part of your body to kick the living daylights out of your opponent, it is so intense. And it was one of those moments as I sat in the crowd uh among all these fans, and it was there was a fair amount of fans there. I was thinking, boy, I miss Bernie McGurk, because he was super into MMA and UFC fighting, just to talk to him about what this is going to be all about. But, uh you know, when your kid has an interest, you sort of, of course, want to encourage it, Uh even if it's something that seems kind of brutal, like UFC fighting. So anyway, it's going to be interesting to watch, uh, I think. A year from now, they, they make you go through all this whole training process and members of the gym where he trains, uh, and let me give them a shout out. Um, you know, we obviously I pay to send them there. It's called culture and they had four opponents on the bill on Saturday night and all four opponent, all four of their, um, of their boxers won. So clearly he's training in the right gym and next year i guess i'll be sitting there and hoping that someone doesn't kick the living daylights out of my teenage son but he's into it and he wants to do it and i got to support him were you uh listening yesterday 77 WABC uh cat's round table uh, an hour with former president bill clinton this was a great interview. Uh, how often do you hear the former president sit down for an hour interview? I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw that. John did a great job asking him about a whole series of things. One of the big things, of course, is the migrant mess here in the city and the right to shelter law that was designed to address the local homeless problem. But now is part of bringing in these massive waves of migrants from the U.S.-Mexico border. And uh, here was the former president talking with uh, our boss, John, about the right-to-shelter law in New York and whether uh, whether we're tied to that, whether we have to follow that.
2: Now, very few of them do. About 80 percent of the people who come to New York and to Massachusetts, the two states with right-to-shelter laws within the state, although I see Governor Hochul thinks it should be modified, and it probably should under the current circumstances, it's just because – They come up here, and we're supposed to shelter people who can't get work permits for six months. And there's just no – we need to change that. We need to – if they want to work, they need to be working, paying taxes, and paying their way. And most of these people have no interest in being on welfare for themselves or their families. They want to work, and they're not allowed to under the system as it now works. It's broken and we need to fix
1: it clinton was uh, telling john that the problem is migrants have to wait months to get those work permits or the shelter rule he says needs to be relaxed to relieve the pressure on the city when it comes to housing all of them during their wait uh clinton addressing uh adams says um says that mayor adams has welcomed his council uh has sought out his council since he took over at city hall he says in the beginning uh the former president, Bill Clinton, he says that he tried to help Mayor Bill de Blasio, but um, he decided that Bill de Blasio was more progressive than he even thought he was. And uh, well, here he describes what it was like trying to give some advice. You would think you would take advice from a former president, especially if your name is Bill de Blasio. I
2: love New York City, and I have uh, love trying to help mayors. I, I tried to help Mayor Bloomberg in the beginning. Briefly, I tried to help Mayor de Blasio, but he was he, – Decided that he was, I think, more progressive than he thought I was,
1: <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> right, exactly. So, all right, you can hear the entire interview. John did a great job. Head on over to wabcradio.com. The entire interview is up on our website. And... um. While we're talking about former politicians, a letter in the mail, I'm a Jersey City resident, received a letter in the mail over the weekend from Jim McGreevy. Remember Jim McGreevy, the former governor of New Jersey? I am a gay American. Remember him? Uh He looks like he's going to really run for the mayor of Jersey City. In this letter, he said uh, that he was having... Uh, you know, he was going to make a final decision very soon, and he was setting up these committees to figure out what Jersey City needs the most. And uh, as somebody who's lived in Jersey City a long time, it seems like the Democratic Party is pushing Jim McGreevy and that he will definitely probably be the next mayor of Jersey City. Um He did an interview with Frank Morano over the summer talking about the fact that he was thinking about Iran, It sure looks like he's running now. Brian
3: Stack the mayor uh, Union City is a force of nature. And he says, Jim, you know, this is your last act. If, if I do this, this would be the last act. It's sort of like a coming home. And it's, it's something that I'm, I'm seriously considering because, you know, when being mayor is where you still, you know, where the rubber hits the road, whether it's on snow removal, whether it's, it's street paving, whether it's, you know, it's your basic quality of life. And Jersey City is a great place. Great city, it's the second largest city, but you know people have to take back their communities and feel that they have a sense of control and ownership. So it would be a great challenge. So I'm thinking about it.
1: All right, I, I think it's a done deal. He's going to run. It looks like the Democrats are going to support him, uh, push everybody else out of the way who thinks they might be running.
3: Jersey City is a great place. It's a great city. People have to take back their communities and feel that they have a sense of control and ownership. So it would be a great challenge. So I'm thinking about it.
1: Yeah, he was sitting next to me, by the way, I should point out, at the gala for John for his 75th birthday a couple of weeks back. Once, a popular Democrat, McGreevy, you'll remember, resigned from the Garden State's top job 2004 after a secret extramarital affair with a man who then McGreevy-Aid said tried to blackmail him for up to $5 million bucks. Uh Since leaving office, uh, it is interesting. He received a divinity degree at the General Theological Seminary here in New York and spent several years as the executive director of Jersey City's employment and training program, helping people who get out of jail find places to live and find work. So he's done you know, interesting work since then. I think, most likely, now that he's running, he'll be Jersey City's next mayor as well. WABC News Time 510, all the talk over the weekend was the cleanup from that incredible rain on Friday. Brooklyn, Park slope hit with seven inches of rain in a very short period of time subway stations flooded out throughout the entire system the mta seemed to be the only agency that warned us of how bad it was going to be on friday they held a press conference on thursday warning that subway stations would fill up with water i mean they basically said it was going to happen uh give them credit for doing that and give them credit as well but by uh saturday Afternoon, the early afternoon after Friday's rain, all the subway stations were back up and running again. MTA chair Jenner Lieber says um, unlike uh, the remnants of other hurricanes, they were able to put it back together and get the trains rolling in very short time. And he said because they were prepared for what was ever coming on Friday.
0: You know, this seems to be a regular occurrence in the era of climate change, and it really hits New York hard because we are so dependent. On our mass transit system. Yeah, the
1: MTA poured billions of dollars into these resiliency projects since Hurricane Sandy crews and pump trains remain in place to address flooding as best as possible because it's going to happen again. We are
0: on track to possibly create a new record of 10 inches of rain falling in literally 24 hours. The last time we even had this number was in 1955 and that was over a two day period. Yeah. And
1: as the morning wears on, we'll get more into the city hall response to this flood, which was not the same as the MTAs. 512. While we're talking about weather temperature records that have stood for more than a century in the middle part of the country, likely going to fall this week.
0: Weather forecasters say a large area of the Midwest U.S. could see afternoon highs over several days this week, 10 to 20 degrees warmer than average. That'll mean highs well into the 80s, even near 90, threatening daily records set back in the 1800s. At the start of October, highs across the region are typically in the 60s and lower 70s. Dozens of places could see records fall this week, including Des Moines, Iowa, Fargo, North Dakota, Madison, Wisconsin, Omaha, Nebraska, and Wichita, Kansas. I'm Scott Carr.
1: Yeah, it won't be a record here in New York, but it's going to be 80 degrees tomorrow, which of course is unusual for October. Let's go down to D.C. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, making it clear his main focus over the weekend was to keep a government shutdown from happening and he was able to do that uh, last minute negotiations the
4: house is going to act so government will not shut down we will put a clean funding stopgap on the floor to keep government open for 45 days for the house and senate to get their work done
1: it came down to the last possible minute president biden uh says he's glad a government shutdown was averted the
2: truth is, we shouldn't be here in the first place. It's time to end governing by crisis and keep your word when you give it in the Congress.
1: Of course, it was the Democrats. They say it's the MAGA Republicans, the Republicans blaming the Democrats. We came to
2: agree on an agreement precisely to avoid a manufactured crisis that we just witnessed. Voting for deep, drastic spending cuts from 30 to 80 percent that would have been devastating for millions of Americans.
1: Yeah, the biggest stumbling block was funding for Ukraine. Uh, conservative Republicans didn't want that to happen. I fully
2: expect the speaker to keep his commitment to secure the passage and support needed to help Ukraine as they defend themselves against aggression and brutality.
1: So the bigger stories might have been on the sideline. You had Matt Gates, the Florida congressman, taking jabs at House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. He wants him out as House Speaker. At this
5: time... Next week, Kevin McCarthy is still Speaker of the House. It will because, be because the Democrats bailed him out and he can be their Speaker, not mine.
1: So Matt Gaetz admitted he might not have the votes on the first ballot, but he said he should have them by the 15th vote. Uh, that's a reference to the fact that it took 15 votes, you'll remember, to get the uh, uh, McCarthy as House Speaker back uh, a year ago. I don't
5: think the adult in the room would allow America to sit atop a $33 trillion debt. Facing two point two trillion dollar annual deficits.
1: Yeah. And then you had this just weird moment where it looks like Hudson Valley Congressman Jamal Bowman pulled the fire alarm as the Republicans were taking a vote on this plan to stop the shutdown from happening. He claims that he thought the fire alarm that it looks like he pulled Well, he did pull it. He thought he said he thought it was uh, something that would open the door to this sensitive area inside of uh, Congress. Um, but um, now it seems like how could he not know that it was a fire alarm? It was bright red alarm, clearly marked with the word fire on it. But he sticking by a story that when he pulled it as they were taking this vote, that he thought it was his entrance <laughs> into the House. Um, but if you look at the video, I don't know. Uh, so Republicans saying that they might censure him for doing this because they say it was on purpose. Bowman says that it was not; that it was an accident. All right, five fifteen. Let's head over to the seventy-seven WABC Sports Desk. Happy Monday, good morning, Justin Ellis.
5: Happy Monday, good morning to you, Noam Laden. We got to start another exciting day of NFL football. Yesterday, as Week Four action did not disappoint. Closing out the action last night, it was your New York Jets falling in a heartbreak to the visiting defending champion Kansas City Chiefs by a score of 23 to 20. After spotting the Chiefs a 17 point lead in the first corner of this contest, Willis showing signs of more of the same from the so far lowly Jets, but two interceptions on the part of a gritty Jets defense and surprisingly solid play from quarterback Zach Wilson and the offense almost proved enough to knock off the Chiefs. The heartbreak ensued when Wilson made his first big mistake for the Jets losing a snap that was recovered by KC with just about 10 minutes left on the clock and then Michael Carter the second intercepted Mahomes on third and 20 from the Jets 40. But it was negated by an arguably phantom holding call on Sauce Gardner. Here was Sauce following the game, giving his thoughts on the call.
4: Receiver ran it to me. It was a collision. Same thing that was happening all game. They ain't throw no flags. Uh, Pat threw the ball outside of the receiver. MC was there. He made the play. Then a the ref threw the flag. Like I, was, I can't believe that. Like, that, was, that was just crazy because the quarter quarter I don't know what to say the biggest bright spot despite the loss
5: and his late fumble was of course the playoff quarterback Zach Wilson Wilson had his best game since taking over for the injured Aaron Rodgers who was in attendance by the way going 28 for 39 for 245 yards and two touchdowns looking ahead to tonight the U- Taylor Swift
1: right yeah well, do you like know like how many a, times they uh, showed her last night
5: yeah I mean I don't nine I don't,
1: times but I don't really nine times they showed her why I don't know, it was annoying, but nine times. We, right. we see her eating chicken nuggets, we see her rooting for her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah it was a little annoying.
5: Yeah, it is definitely definitely annoying. We know the NFL loves it, though. You yeah, got to, you know? of course. Looking ahead to tonight, the New York Football Giants will wrap up week four action across the NFL. Set so to kick things off at home against the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night football. Kickoff scheduled for 8-15, and the Giants are currently one-and-a-half point home underdogs. And to baseball now. Where uh, some sad news, if you're a Mets fan, I think. where Buck Showalter was fired Sunday or yesterday as New York Mets manager after a disappointing season in which baseball's highest spending team tumbled from contention by midsummer. The 67-year-old Showalter said before yesterday's game against Philadelphia that he will not return next year. And a few minutes later, the fourth place Mets said the team had decided on the change. New York entered seventy-four and eighty-six, and twenty-nine and a half games behind NL East champion Atlanta. The MLB playoffs officially will get underway with the wild card round starting tomorrow afternoon as well. The six playoff teams on the American League side include the Toronto Blue Jays, Minnesota Twins, Texas Rangers, Houston Astros, and Baltimore Orioles. And the NL will have the Arizona Diamondbacks, Milwaukee Brewers, Miami Marlins, Philadelphia Phillies, LA Dodgers, and Atlanta Braves. That action, Nome will pick up tomorrow afternoon at three p.m. With sports, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. WABC
1: News Time 520. Let's go out to the White House campaign trail. President Trump speaking at the Republican State Convention in California over the weekend. But
3: while California was once a symbol of American success today under the radical left fascists and Marxists that run your state, that's who's running your state. Bad people. It's becoming a symbol of our nation's decline.
1: told Re- California Republicans that he plans on winning the state in a historic landslide uh, come 2024. He then went on to criticize California's mail-in ballot system, calling it rigged, and said if the state employed same-day voting poll booths and voter IDs, then he says Republicans would win the state by a lot.
3: But if we had polling booths, same-day voting, voter ID, and no mail-in ballots, we would win this state by a lot. And I don't know why more people aren't bringing that up and talking about it.
1: Trump says cities like LA, San Fran being destroyed by Democrats, citing the mass homelessness and uh, the shoplifting issue, which of course is huge out there. And then you have the pushback against Donald Trump who, from people who think he can't win in a face off against whoever the Democrat may be. One of them, a former national defense secretary in the Trump administration says a second Trump presidency would be disastrous, he says,
5: to national security. So I suspect Trump will quickly move to end funding for Ukraine. And then at some point, he's also going to move to um, withdraw funding for NATO and maybe even pull out of NATO.
1: That's Mark Esper. He says he expects Trump would be unsuccessful in negotiating a deal between Russia and Ukraine.
5: He will somehow attempt to negotiate a deal between Russia and
1: Ukraine, and, and that won't fly. And he says that uh, Putin wants a Trump presidency because he says
5: he thinks he's a puppet. From his vantage point, the West is fracturing and he's going to continue to wait out the clock and maybe hope that Donald Trump returns to the presidency.
1: He had Nikki Haley out on the campaign trail over the weekend, blaming both Congress and President Biden for the nation's spending and budget issues. Republicans and Democrats, all of them, have been spending taxpayer dollars in
4: a ridiculous way.
1: Haley also claimed Congress has passed a budget on time only four times in the last 40 years. I think that might be right.
4: Joe Biden has done a horrific
0: job of really explaining to the American people and making it transparent of where this money goes. We need to go back to a budget that starts at zero, says, what do we have to have and then work our way up.
1: Democrats don't like this. Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says he has a major announcement to make. I'm not going to tell you right now exactly what that announcement will be. I can say, though, that if you've been waiting to come to one of my public events. This will be the one to come to. Yeah, so on Friday, RFK Jr. releasing this video saying he'll travel to Philly October 9th to make a speech, he says, at the birthplace of our nation. The news, of course, fueling speculation that he may decide to run for president as an independent candidate. In his video, he called out the corruption of the leadership on both political parties as well as Congress. And uh, sure looks like he is going to run as an independent. The thought is, is that he would siphon more away votes away from Democrats than he would Republicans. And then a senator whose name is mentioned as a potential third-party candidate in the 2024 race says he'll make a decision by the end of the year whether he's running. That's West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin. I'm more concerned about the country right now. What you've seen, the theatrics that played out. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he says uh, most people in the poll show this as well, that they don't want this race of President Biden against President Trump. Biden and Trump, of course, the overwhelming frontrunners. So now Manchin's deciding whether he should jump Democracy in. Democracy is still an experiment. It was never
5: intended for an autocracy or one side to rule. You have to work together. Not just me. There's a lot of people that are basically in the center left, center right. 524,
1: a plane carrying the body of late Senator Dianne Feinstein arrived in San Francisco over the weekend. Of course, no doubt you heard she passed away at 90 on Thursday.
5: Fellow California Democrat Nancy Pelosi accompanied the body aboard the president's military fleet with military honors on Saturday night. Feinstein died Thursday at the age of 90. Following her death, Pelosi said she and Feinstein were not only colleagues, but neighbors and friends. No plans have been announced yet for a funeral service for Feinstein or a public viewing. I'm Jim Forbes.
1: And then you had uh, the salutes all weekend to her. The top Republican in the Senate says Dianne Feinstein was a dear friend. Kentucky Republican Mitch McConnell taking to the Senate floor on Saturday to honor her.
2: Those of us who were fortunate to call Diane our colleague can say we served alongside The longest-serving female senator in American history.
1: Yeah, so Mitch McConnell and Dianne Feinstein apparently dined, the couples dined together a lot, uh, spent a lot of time together.
2: Dianne was a trailblazer in her beloved home state of California, and our entire nation are better for her dogged advocacy and diligent service.
1: Of course, all the talk about is who is going to replace her. California Governor Gavin Newsom will get the um, ultimate decision and apparently is appointing the president of Emily's list to take her place. According to Politico, the appointment will come Monday
0: and Newsom is making his appointment without putting limitations or preconditions on Butler running
5: for the seat next year. The longest serving female U.S. Senator Feinstein died Thursday at the age of 90. I'm Mark Mayfield. Yes,
1: Lafonza Butler, who will take her place. 526, it is the first Monday in October. That means the Supreme Court's new term begins.
0: Major cases on the court's docket in the new term include those involving gun rights, the power of federal agencies, social media regulation, involving two local officials in California who blocked some of their constituents on social media, and electoral districts drawn by Republican state lawmakers. In U.S. versus Rahimi, the High Court will decide whether Whether a law banning people who are subject to restraining orders because of domestic violence from owning firearms violates the Second Amendment. And abortion may end up back on the docket relatively soon via lawsuits over the drug Mifepristone, which is used in almost half of abortions in the country. I'm Scott Carr.
1: Okay, the opening bell, it rings this morning on Wall Street following what was really a terrible September. All three major averages posted sharp losses for the month of September and the quarter. At Friday's closing bell, the Dow fell 158, S&P 500 lost 11, NASDAQ rose 18. Let's hope October's a better month
0: talk radio 77 wabc it's the 77 wabc news hour talking the news with Noah laden all the news you need to know with joe nolan traffic justin ellick sports and now talking the news with Noah on 77 wabc
1: yeah that's me 531 good morning it is monday october 2nd your forecast from the ramsey mazda weather center just a beauty on the way sunshine high 77 Tonight in an overnight clear, low 61. And then Tuesday is going to be even warmer, sunny, high 81. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 59 and clear in South Hold out on Long Island. 60 and clear in Maywood down in New Jersey. And it is 63 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour a little further upstate. The case of a missing girl, Charlotte Cena was out for a bike ride in Moreau Lake State Park that's near Saratoga Springs, about 40 miles north of Albany. This was, uh, she was bike riding about 6.15, gone. Uh, they don't know what happened to her, but she kidnapped, uh, police trying to figure out, Governor Kathy Hochul getting involved in this case as well. We
0: are leaving no stone, no branch, no table, no cabin, unturned, untouched, unexamined, in our search to find Charlotte.
1: Yeah, just nine years old. Uh, Charlotte's bike was found later, the one that she had been riding, but no sign of her, the fourth grader. An Amber Alert, you might have gotten it, was issued Sunday morning. Police urging anyone who might know anything to give cops a call she said
0: she's wanting to go around one more time by herself be that big girl do it by herself literally 15 minutes later she hadn't come back yet and that's really when the nightmare begins
1: yeah it is a nightmare here is her aunt who spoke to the press saying uh, any lead anything you might have heard anything you might have seen give cops a holler no tip is insignificant so if anyone has any information at all Blonde uh, nine-year-old girl with bangs under five feet tall. Uh, the family calling her just a sweet, adorable girl. I mean, what nine-year-old is
5: not? Um, she is a blonde, adorable little nine-year-old girl with bangs. She has green eyes uh, just under five feet tall. And she is just a sweet, adorable
1: girl. Yeah. So, state police are on this. Uh, they were checking cameras in the park, trying to figure out if that might lead to any sort of uh, f- pictures of who they might be looking for or what might have taken place. I
0: really don't want to get into uh, the, the cameras and uh, the, the, the technological aspects of our of our investigation and our search at this time, but I can assure you, we are doing everything we can to reunite Charlotte with her family.
1: Yeah. So far, no sign of Charlotte Cena as of 5:34 this morning. If you live in a rent stabilized apartment here. In the city. You're paying more. October 1, the Rent Guideline Board increases for rent-stabilized apartments went into effect on Sunday. Definitely a hardship. Uh, I I work part-time. My wife uh, is a full-time public school teacher, if not for
0: rent-stabilized housing, like we could not live in the city.
1: Yeah, so these rent increases, they apply to new leases that started on or after October 1. It'll impact about a nearly 1 million rent-stabilized apartments across the city. Uh, Lynn Overmeyer lives in one of them. She says the rent hikes might mean she has to reconsider her living situation here in the city when her lease is up, and then she'll have to pay more. It
4: sucks. You know, and people are having a hard time surviving out here, they want to pay rent and buy groceries and everything is just crazy. That's crazy. I mean, it's you can't even live here anymore. I I wish the best of luck to any future New Yorkers trying to rent.
1: Yeah, and you see what the average rent is over four thousand dollars for a one bedroom. Obviously, these are much cheaper, but the rent guidelines board approving a three percent raise for one year leases. Well, I
5: kind of get both sides. I used to be a landlord, so I get why they raised the rent because people weren't paying during the pandemic. Yeah, I'm
3: sympathetic with that. I mean, inflation has hurt everyone, and they have to keep up with costs.
1: Yeah, the board raised two-year leases, too, with the rent going up by 2.75% in the first year and 3.2% in the second year. Of course, building owners... So they don't want to raise the rent, but say their expenses are so much more and just to make ends meet even for most of them. And most of these landlords are small time, right? They own just a small building or a couple of apartments. They say they need this extra cash flow just to keep things going. So those rents going up as of uh, Sunday. 536, there was this crazy Shooting over the weekend in Washington Heights, this couple, 57-year-old woman, her boyfriend, out for a walk, Washington Heights, 630 in the evening with their dog. Someone comes up, shoots both of them dead, also shoots the dog. And there is some thought that this woman, her name is Jackie Bellini, she has uh, had a bunch of dogs in her apartment. And there was one neighbor in particular who had complained for a long time that these dogs barked all day. Uh, He'd attacked her apparently once. And so there's thoughts on the part of the neighbor that maybe he's the one that either carried out this crime or maybe paid someone to do it. But either way, people who know Jackie Bellini say she didn't deserve it.
3: My eyes swollen just from crying about her last night. It's just... Always super nice, always good morning. First smile you see coming out the door.
1: But everybody said she was known for these dogs and that the dogs would start to go barking crazy when they heard her coming up the stairs. As
3: soon as she come in her car, they could, um they could know she's out the door and they'd like start getting all happy and she would like, calm down, I'm coming, I'm coming. And you know, throwing kisses. It had to be a noise thing with the dogs maybe.
1: Yeah. Neighbors say they did hear the dogs during the day. Bellini worked for the city court system, which called her just a great employee. And they say they're still processing her loss. Police so far they they have few leads and they've made no arrests. 540. New York State Police investigating a home explosion. What is going on with all these house explosions? You had that one in West Milford. They still haven't totally figured out what happened there. Five people were injured there. And then you had this one over the weekend in Sullivan County, left three people seriously injured. It happened, James Place in Thompson. This was around noon on Saturday. The explosion was heard for miles, damaging surrounding homes. It did
0: feel like a bomb. That was pretty much it. Everything in the house kind of went up and then went down. Um, and then I just had my son and I brought him, picked him up. I looked outside and everybody was kind of running out and I ran.
1: The three injured, including at least one child, taken to area hospitals where they remain in serious condition this morning. The good news is they're expected to survive, but neighbors talk about what happened to their house. Uh, they felt not only the explosion, but things happened in their house as well. Oof. I'm over my head.
0: My son and I were sleeping when it all happened. I heard an explosion and I looked up and our bedroom windows were on top of us and I looked out the window. All I saw was like shrapnel.
1: Yeah, an 80-year-old Jose Pereira telling us that for a while he was blasted under the debris of his house and his house wasn't the one that exploded, but uh, it was right next door to the one that did. Uh, thankfully, he's okay. Uh, the bedroom window is blowing out in some homes nearby as well. Uh, so far, just like the one in West Milford, New Jersey, no word what, uh, why this whole thing blew up.
0: A debris falling from the sky. So I looked across and I saw that the houses, it looked like a tornado blasted through them. Yeah. So I walked up, I saw my house was torn apart, and I came outside, and I heard that there was an explosion. Yes,
1: yeah, so there is one thought on the part of neighbors that they think it may have been a propane tank explosion, but so far nobody from the fire department has confirmed that. 542, let's go down to New Jersey. Just an awful weekend in Patterson. This was all yesterday. Two separate shootings. Two, teenage, two teenagers killed. Both shootings happening in the same area, about six hours apart. A 19-year-old shot dead on Highland Street. This was 1230, middle of the day. The incident uh, involved also a 42-year-old woman who took a bullet. She's okay though. And just a few hours before that, there was another deadly shooting of a teenager. This was about 630 in the morning on uh, Park Avenue. The mayor in Patterson says they're trying to figure out whether these two shootings are connected.
5: We are actively investigating and looking to see if there's any connection between the two. Yes, because they did happen within five to six hours of one another.
1: Yeah, one of them, that 19 year old, found with gunshot wounds. He was raced to St. Joseph's Medical Center in Patterson, where he was pronounced dead. Some neighbors saying they think this is all gang related. Police not confirming that. Neither is the mayor of you're Patterson. Going to see
5: cars. You're going to, you might see some patrols, foot patrols, but primarily you're going to see. Police cars in the area. Yeah, he's
1: talking about how they're beefing up police in the area where the shootings took place. So far, cops have made no arrests, have not cited a motive for the shooting of these two teenagers, both dead. I mean, just horrendous. Also, while we're in New Jersey, two people killed in a house fire yesterday. This was in Union. The fire started at about 6 a.m. Grandview Avenue. Neighbors say they could actually hear the people inside the home screaming for help. Firefighters raced in, but the flames and smoke were so heavy. Unfortunately, they weren't uh, able to get everybody out who was inside the house. I
0: heard the bang, and then I woke me up. I looked through my window, and I saw, you know, I heard voices, and the neighbors screaming conditions deteriorated, the roof collapsed, floor collapsed, and we had to back out, had to go
4: defensive.
1: Yeah, firefighters telling us that uh, two people upstairs died, adding that um, a power line fell on the side of the home that cut off access to the second floor, so these firefighters were unable to get in to rescue
0: them. I heard from, from one of the neighbors that they were trying to put their fire out with a, with a garden hose, Yeah. at uh, first, uh, and he was trying to save the, the cusp.
1: Yeah. So the uh, cause of the fire is still under investigation, though it is not considered suspicious. And let's talk about what happened Friday and over the weekend. Is there blame uh, to be passed around all this flooding that took place? So many people said they had no idea this rain and this showers and the flooding was going to happen. Now, the MTA... Give them credit. They did hold a press conference on Thursday afternoon saying they were pretty sure that subway stations across the system could fill up with water from the storm they saw was going to be coming uh, our way on Friday morning. But the warnings didn't really come from anyone else. And so, over the weekend, you had people uh, cleaning up the mess that was left. Uh, people walking out to their cars on Saturday to find them filled with water, just completely
5: ruined. And the cars were floating around. I mean, they were literally like like boats on wheels. Everybody was trying to navigate. Also, we're getting into deep spots, and they were just kind of swerving around. And you know, but it was insane.
1: And all across the tri-state, neighbors were bailing out basements. Uh, through yesterday, saw these fire trucks outside people's homes helping them get the water, the water out. Water
5: was in our basement and it reached up to like the staircase level. All the electrical outlets were covered.
1: Yeah, so the National Weather Service said it was the wettest day on record since 1948. <laughs> I kind of believe that.
5: Mattresses were destroyed, furniture was destroyed. Um, not to mention all the issues with, uh, you know, the sanitation concerns.
0: The water actually comes back in through the main sewer line into the basement and it shoots like a freaking geyser. Yeah,
1: those were some people who live in basement apartments out in uh, Park Slope. Uh, you know, lots of people lost uh, some businesses. There was one a restaurant owner telling us that uh, there is so much damage to the basement and to the outside of her restaurant. She's not sure she'll ever be able to open again because she just doesn't have the money. So lots of New Yorkers say they were surprised that the city did not give them more warning that a huge storm was coming, including public advocate Jamani Williams, who says City Hall should be investigated for not giving us a warning, telling people to put their cars in the right places and to move out of their homes. you probably
4: prepped to have a press comment
1: in the early morning so we can update people on where we are so when we went and looked back city hall gave us warnings only in the face uh only retweeting a few weather announcements on friday and thursday night but otherwise not holding a press conference until the flooding was already really bad on friday morning all right 546 let's head over to the 77 wabc sports desk where we find justin ellen
5: thank you noam Layden. another exciting day of NFL football yesterday's week four action did not disappoint closing out the action last night it was your New York Jets falling in a heartbreaker to the visiting defending champion Kansas City Chiefs by a score of 23-20. to After spotting the Chiefs a 17-point lead in the first quarter, this contest was showing signs of more of the same from the so far lowly Jets with two interceptions on the part of a gritty Jets defense and surprisingly solid play from quarterback Zach Wilson and the offense almost proved enough to knock off the Chiefs. The heartbreak ensued when Wilson made his first big mistake for the Jets, losing a snap that was recovered by KC with just about 10 minutes left on the clock. And then Michael Carter II intercepted Mahomes on third and 20 from the Jets' 40, but it was negated by arguably a phantom holding call on Sauce Gardner. Here was Sauce following the game, giving his thoughts on the call.
4: Receiver ran it to me. It was a collision. Same thing that was happening all game. Ain't throw no flags. Uh, Pat threw the ball outside of the receiver MC was there He made the play Then a ref threw the flag Like I, was just, I can't believe that like, that, was, that was just crazy Because Open quarter press time like, I don't know what to say
5: The biggest bright spot, despite the loss and his late fumble, was the play of quarterback Zach Wilson. Wilson had his best game since taking over for the injured Aaron Rodgers, who was in attendance, going 28 of 39 for 245 yards and two touchdowns. Looking ahead to tonight, the New York Football Giants. We'll wrap up Week Four action across the NFL. Set to kick things off at home against the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Kickoff It's scheduled for eight fifteen PM. And the Giants are currently one and a half point home underdogs. And to baseball now, we're Buck Show. I office. should point out, what's that? I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm Hello. Sorry. Now. I'm hey. becoming
1: like Sid, aren't I? No,
5: yeah, you're good.
1: <laughs> Lawrence you're Taylor, great, no. the uh, great former Giant, right. going to be on with Sid and Friends in the morning this morning to talk about that big game tonight.
5: Indeed, he is. Yeah. Indeed, we're looking forward to that. Big time. Big time uh, guest. Aren't you glad Washington. I interrupted you? No, I actually really am because I was not going to mention that. Oh, okay. So thank God you interrupted me. Uh, but uh, back to the show. Walter news here. Noam, he was fired yesterday from being New York Mets manager after a disappointing season in which baseball's high-spending team tumbled from contention by midsummer. The 68, uh, 67-year-old Showalter said before yesterday's game against Philadelphia that he will not return next year and a few minutes later the fourth place Mets said the team had decided on the change New York entered 74 and 86 and 29 and a half games behind NL East champion Atlanta also I uh, I'd be remiss not to mention Tim Wakefield passed away over the weekend that uh, the really legendary in my eyes uh, knuckleballer for the uh, for the Red Sox I I'm Blanking on who he was with before the Reds. Oh, the Pirates. Maybe I think he was in Pittsburgh I with think. the Pirates. Young guy too. A, yeah, fifty-seven. Yeah, I think so. he was a first baseman when he came. Yeah, in too. he was. And then he and then he went back in the Miners. Worked on the knuckleball for a while and uh, came back on. Really gave the Yankees. Other than that, Aaron Boone home run in two thousand three. I mean, that he really dominated the Yankees. Uh, really from the get go up until the end of his career. So rest in peace to Tim Wakefield. And the MLB playoffs officially get underway as well tomorrow afternoon gnome the six playoff teams on the american league side include the toronto blue jays minnesota twins texas rangers houston astros and baltimore orioles in the nm we have the arizona diamondbacks milwaukee brewers miami marlins philadelphia phillies la dodgers and atlanta braves action picks up with the wild card rounds tomorrow at 3 p.m and that's sports i'm justin Ellick on 77 wabc wabc
1: news time coming up on 552 were you listening to the cats round table yesterday sundays from 9 to 10 john sitting down for an hour with President Bill Clinton. Really interesting interview. You can hear the whole thing by surfing on over to WABCRadio.com. Talking about the migrant mess here in New York and talking about this uh, right to shelter uh, idea that um, was designed to help the homeless but now is uh, helping the massive wave of migrants that are showing up on our doorstep from the U.S. Mexico border. Here was the former president talking with John yesterday about that
2: now very few of them do about 80 percent of the people who come to new york and to massachusetts the two states with right to shelter laws within the state although i see governor huckle thinks it should be modified and it probably should under the current circumstances it's just because they come up here and we're supposed to shelter people who can't get work permits for six months and there's just no we need to change that we need to uh they want to work, they need to be working, paying taxes and paying their way. And most of these people have no interest in being on welfare for themselves or their families. They want to work, and they're not allowed to under the system as it now works. It's broken and we need to fix it. Yeah, it
1: was interesting to also hear the former president talk about who has sought out his counsel, right? He lives in Chappaqua in New York. He says uh, Mike Bloomberg did. Uh, He says Mayor Adams has, but not Bill de Blasio. Apparently, uh, Bill Clinton was not woke enough for Bill de Blasio. I
2: love New York City, and I have uh, loved trying to help mayors. I tried to help Mayor Bloomberg in the beginning. Briefly, I tried to help Mayor de Blasio, but he he decided that he was... I think, more progressive than he thought I was, (laughs) whatever that
1: means. (laughs) All right. You can hear the entire interview, WABCRadio.com with Bill Clinton. Uh, In the mail, in my house in Jersey City, so did all my neighbors, we got a letter from, and I imagine every household in Jersey City did, from Jim McGreevy over the weekend. You remember him, the former uh, I am a gay American governor who stepped down as governor of New Jersey. Well, now... He wants to make a political comeback in my hometown of Jersey City. And um, it looks like uh, the bosses, the Democratic bosses, and I, that's the only way I can think of to call them, have chosen him as their guy who they're going to run uh, next year uh, when Stephen Fulop, who's the current mayor, steps down. He's running for governor uh, next year. Actually, I guess it's two years from now. So uh, here was uh, McGreevy speaking with Frank Morano about uh, the run and maybe making a run for Jersey City. It's not official yet. In this letter, he didn't say he was definitely running, but it basically said he was running.
3: Brian Stack, who's the mayor of Union City, is a force of nature, and he says, "Jim, you know, this is your last act. If if I do this, this would be the last act. It's sort of like a coming home, and it's it's something that I'm I'm seriously considering because." You know, being mayor is where you still, you know, where the rubber hits the road, whether it's on snow removal, whether it's, it's street paving, whether it's, you know, it's your basic quality of life. And Jersey City is a great place. It's a great city. It's the second largest city. But, you know, people have to take back their communities and feel that they have a sense of control and ownership. So it would be a great challenge. So I'm thinking about it. All
1: right. Well, it sounds like he's really going to run. But, um... Uh, I guess that means we have to sort of rehash his story. You'll remember he resigned as New Jersey's uh, governor back in 2004 after that secret extramarital affair with a man who then McGreevy aides say tried to blackmail him for like five million bucks. Then he came out with that famous speech. My truth is that I'm a gay American uh, shocking everybody in that news conference back in August of 2004. Uh, since leaving office, he's received a divinity degree at the General Theological Seminary here in the city. And he also spent several years as the executive director of Jersey City's Employment and Training Program, which helps people who gotten out of jail find a new job. So he's done fantastic work since that embarrassing moment all those years ago. So we give him credit for that. Jersey
3: City is a great place. It's a great city. People have to take back their communities and feel that they have a sense of control and ownership. So it would be a great challenge. So I'm thinking about it.
1: Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, I don't think he's thinking about it. He's definitely doing it. What's interesting is the talk in Jersey City among people over the weekend was that the bosses have chosen him, that and likely, very likely, he will be the next mayor of Jersey City after Stephen Follip steps down.